Good morning. Welcome to morning prayers. Please stand as you are able to join me in a responsive reading of Psalm number 117, found on page 59 in your Black Appleton Psalter book. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. The praise is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord.
Good morning, everyone, and thank you all so much for coming out today. Um, I want to start on this likely and finally beautiful spring day with an excerpt from Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried. I want you to feel what I felt. I want you to know why story truth is truer sometimes than happening truth. Here is the happening truth. I was once a soldier. There were many bodies, real bodies with real faces, but I was young then and I was afraid to look. And now, 20 years later, I'm left with faceless responsibility and faceless grief. Here is the story truth. He was a slim, dead, almost dainty young man of about 20. He lay in the center of a red clay trail near the village of Mike. His jaw was in his throat. His one eye was shut, the other eye was a star-shaped hole. I killed him. What stories can do, I guess, is make things present. Now, I'm sure many of you are wondering why I think this reading is at all inspirational, um, but I really do. I chose this reading because I couldn't think of anything that more accurately represents the qual quality of mind that irks my friends to no end, my tendency to embellish some details of my narrative. This irks them so much because, since at least one of them was likely there, and more likely was an active participant, my narrative is our narrative. Ariana, your kayak did not capsize into shark-infested oceans, they'll say, as they hear me telling one of the stories of our spring break trip to another friend. You were wearing a life jacket, and you were in the water for all of one minute, and the tour guide said that he had seen sharks there before. Yes, I tell them. Yes, I know that. But how else can I accurately describe the panic and fear that I felt in that moment without saturating the story so that you, too, can feel it? As I reflect on my time at Harvard, and as I slowly start to realize how remarkably different my life will be next year, I also begin to realize just how important my stories from this place will be to me. In other words, I have not only felt the pressure to make as many memories as possible, but to form the memories I already have, to refine them into stories to be used like little gifts stored in my bag that I may dole out in order to console myself over the years ahead. I find myself more urgently subscribing to O'Brien's words, more often adding little embellishments to my stories. How, how else could you possibly tell someone the story of this place if they weren't here experiencing it with you? Tell me which of the following sounds better. Here is the happening truth. I was once a student at Harvard College. The years went by too fast. I spent too much time doing homework and not nearly enough time living in the present. And I'm enjoying the company of the lovely people around me. Now I'm a senior. I spend too much time, too much time parking on my mistakes and listening to my regrets. And in 30 or so days, it's all going to end. Now here is the story truth. It was in junior year we began to do all of our errand trips to CVS together, both because of the combination couponing power and because our needs were synchronized. If I was buying deodorant, it meant that for a while I had been borrowing from a roommate, and when hers ran out, we both really had to buy it. <laughs> One particularly uneventful evening that spring, Carrigan remarks that we had run out of soap. We had a system, a sticky note on the back of the bathroom door that had our names in random order and we were to follow the order and place a check mark by our name when we purchased the soap. By spring, many, many days had passed and there was not yet a single check mark on the sticky. <laughs> Phoebe, Carrigan, and I arrived at CVS and picked the cheapest hand soap possible. After spending a few minutes refilling on shampoos, razors, and deodorant, an offhand comment of changing up hairstyles made us pause without reason in the hair dye section. We chose a pretty auburn color for Phoebe and talked Carrigan into getting a bright pink. She, with her strawberry blonde hair, was the only one that could go for such a color. 
We settled on a dark brown for me, hoping that some color might take hold without bleaching my head of unruly black curls, knowing damn well that it wouldn't, and knowing that, since we were getting the cheapest brands possible, the dye probably wouldn't work for any of us. <laughs> but we checked out anyway. We were all secretly infatuated with the spontaneity of dyeing our hair on a Tuesday night. Here is another story truth. We had a funeral-themed party. It was a morbid theme meant jokingly to signify that a friend who decided to take time off was dead to us. Everyone dressed in theme, and we had a makeshift coffin, and everyone in attendance read carefully crafted fake eulogies for our friend, and it was the best party of the year. Here is an even shorter story truth. It was one of those Sundays where you can't believe how much work you have to do. But we all squeezed into Lisa's room and watched six straight hours of Planet Earth 2. <laughs> My friends in the audience know that some, or many, or all of these details are not entirely true. But I think we would all do well to collect our stories. When we leave, it's the only thing we have to bring with us. But more importantly, I want us all to form our stories, to recognize how important it is to tell our story truth so that our listeners can know too what exactly this place meant for us. Thank you. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now please stand as you are able to join in the singing of the hymn, Let the Whole Creation Cry, hymn number three in your crimson hymnal, hymn number three.
And now may God's peace rest, rule, and abide in each and every one of your lives and mine from this day on until we meet again. Let all the people say, Amen. Amen.